to speak tonight about uh, for us about I titled this "Keep on Reaching, Keep on Reaching," and so uh, to and I, I I really wanted the body of Christ you to have an impartation tonight. I don't want this to just be an encouraging message, although it is intended to encourage and it will bring encouragement, I believe. But I want it to be so much more than that tonight. And I believe that's my, I have the heart of God in that. But I believe that when we come to church, that there's supposed to be impartations. In Romans 1, 11, Paul said, For I long to see you, that I might impart to you uh, a spirit, some spiritual gift, to the end ye might be established. For I long to see you, that I might par impart to you some spiritual gift, to the end ye might be established. So uh, seeing you is important. Hallelujah. Being in the presence of the anointing is important. I don't really believe that you can get impartation from a tape or from TV or from the internet. I do believe that you can get revelation. And I, I, that's important. You can, you can learn. You can, uh, you can work on getting your mind renewed. You can, uh, you can get a lot of stuff. But I, I think that it takes the presence of the Holy Ghost. And, and that most often happens in the corporate body, although it's happening more and more in our homes. But so as we gather together, there's to be an impartation. And uh, uh, tonight, I want the impartation to you to be for this purpose. An impartation to finish the race. There's a lot of people in the body of Christ wavering. You can look at the congregation tonight. You can look at the chairs and say, you know, there are people wavering in this day and age. They're wavering on their commitments. They're wavering on their priorities. There's a great wavering in the body of Christ. In fact, I, we've been pastoring since 1982, and I would believe that 2008 is unlike any year we have ever seen. And so um, there's there, we need to receive an impartation tonight. Uh, I'm believing for you to receive supernatural strength tonight, uh, a strength to keep on. Hallelujah. Because God wants you to keep on. Hallelujah. I believe tonight that you can receive. Now, we have to use our faith for these things. It's not just going to happen, but I'm really telling you what to use your faith for. Uh, uh, I believe that you can receive an anointing tonight to reach for the higher things in God. And, you know, sometimes we might need to clarify that because of we sing songs like... Uh, I'm desperate for you. And of course, I'm, you, you kind of have to translate songs like that in your heart because you don't want to misunderstand that and think we don't have him. Of course we have him. And you have all of God inside your spirit, man, that you're ever going to get. But you can receive more of him in your soul and we can receive more of him in, sen in, the, in the sense of the tangible presence, the tangible anointing here in the congregation, uh, we can receive more of Him in that way. But in your spirit, man, you've received all of God you're ever going to get. Uh, you, you're not, we're not desperate for Him in the sense that we don't have Him. It's like the first thing said, we're just thirsty for Him. We're hungry for Him. And you know, we're letting God know, we don't just want you, God, so we don't have to go to hell. We want you in our lives. We love you. We enjoy you. We want, we want a relationship with you. And so we kind of have to interpret those songs, some of them in our minds as we sing them. But I like them. I like them. And so uh, right now, let's just receive that impartation by faith. Let's just receive those anointings by faith right now to finish the race, to finish our race. Hallelujah. We receive it, Lord. We believe we receive it. Lord, we believe we receive supernatural strength. Oh, we ask you tonight, Lord, just, Father, for a new strength to be planted inside of us in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for a fresh anointing.
And thank you, Father, for anointing to uh, an anointing that caused that that we could press into higher things in the name of Jesus, a strength and revelation to press into higher things, to press into realms of the spirit that we've not been in, to press into realms of prayer we've not been in, to realms of the presence of God where we've not gone. Lord, we just thank you for the, for putting something in us tonight that will help us go there. Hallelujah. A fresh anointing, a fresh filling. We give you the praise for that. So tonight we're going to have encouragement is going to be a byproduct. I'm believing you're going to leave tonight encouraged. But did you know encouragement is temporary? You know, I can get you all pumped up, but it won't last. I mean, eventually it's going to wear off. And you're going to need encouragement again. But impartations, I personally believe impartations are forever. I really do. God puts something in us. Now they can lay there inactive, but I believe when God puts something once in you, that it's there. And so we need to believe for impartations. I believe impartations are the building blocks of our lives. And God take God builds in our lives. We get saved and then we get baptized in the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues. But he you know, a lot of people just think they've arrived. And you know, we just haven't arrived. And uh, Pastor Buzzy the other day on one a tape I was listening to of his, he said, All denominations and word of faith included came from people thinking they had the last revelation. And so they just like, okay. That, and then somebody had to go off and start another denomination because the people that thought they had a last revelation wouldn't go on. You know, think about it. If the, if the Methodist and the Baptist and those, the, the Lutheran and the Presbyterian, which were formed back in the 1700s and stuff, if they hadn't thought they got the last revelation, then God wouldn't have had to pour out on Azusa Street in a little stable uh, or barn or whatever that was in Los Angeles and, and formed some new denominations. I'm not, you know, some new denominations came forth by, for some people that would receive it. And the, the, all the Pentecostal denominations were birthed in 1906 through 1910 uh, in the Azusa Street outpouring because those people thought they'd received the last revelation. And you know, if those Pentecostal denominations hadn't thought that they received the last revelation, then God wouldn't have had to go out in the 1960s in the charismatic renewal and start pouring out the gifts of the Spirit and all the things that it, that weren't, and the, uh, he, he went outside of those denominations and went into the Catholic Church real big and went back to the Methodist Church and lay renewals, the Baptist Church, which we came out of. Um, hallelujah. So, uh, praise God. We have not arrived. There is, and you have not arrived in your prayer time. You have not arrived. We have not arrived in praise and worship at Word of Life Church. Hallelujah. We have not arrived when we heard the faith message. Although, praise God, we heard it. And we got it. And we're going to hang on to it and keep it in Jesus' name. Not let it go. Hallelujah. But that's not the final thing that God has to say. And, and He wants us to grow. He wants us to go to other places. Amen. So I'm trusting you're believing for those things. I'm trusting that you hadn't just sat down. And I'm trusting that you aren't just in a rut and got your face up, you know, you got to the end of the rut, like, you know, like a ditch, and you got, and your face is against dirt right now. I'm trusting that that's not where you're at, but that you are, <laughs> if nothing else, you're digging on the end of that ditch. Like, we are moving on. I am going on with God. Amen. Now let's go to Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. We love the Word. Everybody praise God. Let's praise God for the Word. We praise you, Lord God. Thank you for the holy written Word of God. We thank you, Lord. It is life to us. It is life. Lord, throw out the lifeline. Y'all remember that old song? When God throws out the lifeline, He's going to throw out the Word of God to you. Amen? <laughs> Philippians 3.12 Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. 
forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let me read to you some of the different versions on uh, Philippians 3:12 through 14. 312. Not that I have, this is the good speed, not that I have already reached perfection. Now we have in our spirit man, we're already perfect, but in our soul and in, uh, y'all understand, not that I've already reached perfection, but I am pressing on to see if I can capture it, to see if I can capture it because I have been captured by Jesus Christ. The Johnston, and this is my desire, and though I have not experienced Christ as completely as I can, can describe my vision of this life's fulfillment, I keep on pursuing the vision so that I will eventually experience Christ as completely as He has experienced me. That is really good, isn't it? But I, the Swan translation, but I am in pursuit that I may catch that for which I was caught by Christ Jesus. And Weist, Weist says... I've been brought to the place of absolute maturity beyond which there is no progress. Well, you can't stop till you've been to the place of absolute maturity. You're not going to get there in this life. You aren't even going to be there when you arrive in heaven. You're just going to get to learn at a greater rate of speed with a clear mind and no demonic opposition. Amen. A perfect mind. Hallelujah. Uh, so um, let me see here. Oh, I lost my little spot. Philippians 3.13. Bre- uh, the, uh, uh, the Johnston, this is the Ben Campbell Johnston. But I am under no illusions that I have reached the goal. I have, however, adopted one rule. Did you notice there in the King James, let's go back to that point that out. He said, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing. Say one thing. I do. This one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before. Paul, the Apostle Paul, he said, one thing, this one thing I do. That must be that this is pretty important. If he said, this one thing I do, what is it, Paul? Well, I forget those things that lie behind. This one thing I do. If we... If we would only forget what lies behind, what could we have in Christ Jesus? And I didn't notice, I didn't say, if we could only forget. Because we could, if we would. If we would only forget those things that lie behind. That means all of the negative stuff. If, if all the Christians, if none of them were crying over the past, if none of them were grieving over the past, are grieving over what happened yesterday, forgetting those things that lie behind. Not If none of them were saying, oh, you know, it's just so hard. I've been through so much. And you know, even the good things we have to forget. You know, it's not any, it's not any good to say, well, you know, boy, I tell you, I remember back in 1965, God spoke to me and this is what he said. Well, yeah, you know, that's fine, but I, what did he say today? But you know, there are a lot, a lot of folks that don't have a today testimony. I trust you have a today testimony. Because he was talking today. Hallelujah, he was talking. Uh, the, hmm, I don't know what translation this is. WD, whatever that is. Anybody got a thought? No, Johnston, let me go back to give me. I am under no illusion that I have reached the goal. I have, however, adopted one rule. Say, I have one rule. What was the rule? Forgetting those things that lie behind. Good. The, the WD translation, somebody might know what that is. My one thought is like some runner for whom it is fatal to look back. Wow. Mm. Hallelujah. The Living Bible, bringing all my energies to bear on this one thing. All my energies to bear on one thing. The Swan translation, stretching myself forward to things that lie ahead along a visible goal line that reaches the prize of God's call above. You know, that visible goal line, it's not visible in the natural. It's only visible in the spirit realm. But there is a goal line out there, and we're supposed to be going toward it. 
going toward it. And you know, we're having to fight off distractions, man. We're having to fight off attacks of the devil. We're having to fight off uh, the naysayers that say you can't do it, you'll never make it. We're even having to fight our bodies sometimes. Amen. Bless God, I will. You know, and those things. Uh, the Love It translation, I yearn to reach for it, for Christ has shown me how far a man can go. The Barclay translation, Brothers, I do not regard myself as having already grasped the prize, but I have one aim in life, to forget what lies behind and to strain every nerve to reach what lies ahead. And then the Noli says, I forget what I left behind. In the, the Philippians 3.14, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Ben Campbell Johnson says, I turn my back on the past and focus on my one clear objective, the fulfillment of my calling by God through Christ. The Toman translation, stretching out to the things ahead according to a mark that I pursue. The New American Bible, my entire attention is on the finish line as I run toward the prize to which God calls me, life on high in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. So Paul said, this is pretty important. This one thing I do, I press. I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling. So tonight, I was believing that you would receive an impartation to keep on pressing, to keep on going. Amen. And a vision. See, we've got to have a vision that there's more out there. We've got to see that finish line by faith. We've got to see that, that, that invisible line in the spirit realm, uh, that goal line, so to speak. And we've got to press towards it. And, you know, we might not be moving fast, but if we're just, it's important to me that I make headway, that I'm progressing, that every day I'm getting further. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Turn to Galatians 6, 9. The body of Christ all over needs a transfusion, a transfusion of, of strength. I believe that God has a strength that he wants to impart um, for the last day saints, for the last day saints that we, that we press over the finish line. Amen. That we finish what God's assigned to us. That we run our race and finish our course. And that we get the job done here in the earth. That we don't rapture out of here one day soon and the Lord say, you know, a bunch of stuff didn't get done. No, no, no. I believe there's going to be, if we'll receive it, there's going to be an end time impartation of strength. An impartation of physical strength. Of mental, of revelation. Hallelujah. Praise God. We can go further than the, the, the people before us. They paved the way, but we can go further than they went. Amen? And that's the way it's supposed to work in every generation. Galatians 6, 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing. Say, don't be tired of doing good. Let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Now it's really important. God means what He says. He never wastes words. And it's so important that we don't grow weary in well-doing. Because... We reap in due season only if we faint not. Those that faint don't get to reap. God's not going to come up to the fainters and say, Well, you know, I know you got tired. And I know, you know, you, you know that deep in your heart of hearts, you wanted to. No, he said, you will reap in due season if you faint not. In Revelation, he says to him that overcometh, I'm going to give this. And then he several things he tells us he's going to give uh, to, the, to those that overcometh. He doesn't give it to those that nearly overcome. He doesn't give it to those that, that well, really wanted to, really wish they... No, we've got to overcome. Amen. And we have to not grow weary in well-doing. Pastor said this before several times that, that the, the greatest, one of the greatest challenges in the body of Christ right now is not to grow weary in doing good. So if we could grow weary in doing good, I believe tonight we could be strengthened in doing good. And I want you to receive right now by faith, just receive by faith strength to, to do good, to finish the race, 
And Lord, I believe that reaping for the body of Christ, I thank you, Lord, that there is, it's just, it's right there. In fact, we've already, some of us began to enter into a little bit of it, beginning to see this, this magnificent reaping of the end times. And I thank you, Lord, it's right there. So, Lord, strengthen this body. Strengthen this body that, that we don't grow weary, but that we have strength to continue to do good. Strength to continue the, the, the course you set us on. To finish, to be finishers. Turn to Hebrews chapter 10. Glory to God. Glory to God. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. Listen to that. Great recompense of reward. You know we have no idea how great the reward is. We have not even, even in our little minds where we heard a teaching on sowing and reaping or faith or give you the desires of your heart, what the reward God has and wants to give us is so, 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 so much greater. Hallelujah. It's a great recompense of reward. Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. Not, it's after you've done the will of God. Not, well, I nearly got the will of God done. No, it's when you've done the will of God. So we have to finish what the will of God is for our lives. Not only individually, but corporately. So don't cast away your confidence. Amen? Turn to 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 56. I say this scripture a lot. I like it. 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 56. 1 Kings is right before 2 Kings, which is right before 1 Chronicles. 1 Kings chapter 8. I'm getting there. Seems like my pages are stuck together there. Blessed, verse 56, Blessed be the Lord that hath given rest unto his people Israel. According to all that he promised, there hath not failed one word of all his good promise, which he promised by the hand of Moses his servant. There hath not failed one word of all his good promise, which he promised by the hand of his good... God, the Word of God is not going to fail you. All the promises of God that are promised, they're not going to fail. Don't cast away your confidence. Hallelujah. Because not one word, all the prophecies that have been given to you, now I'm not, you know, praise God. And I trust most of them were inspired by the Spirit of God. I don't think we have prophets in here that aren't inspired. I mean, I've heard of prophets that was just, everything was bless them, bless them, bless them, you know. But we don't have that kind of prophets in. So not one word of all those promises that have been promised to you are going to fail. Amen? And praise God, you know... Um, if we've misinterpreted something, sometimes we kind of miss and we, we could misinterpret something, but that's okay. If you, if somebody spoke a blessing over you or the word speaks a blessing about you and you put a little in, the only thing sometimes we misinterpret is the timeline. It's like, okay, when's this going to happen? I always think right now, by this afternoon. You know, I don't know about you, but somebody gives me a word and stands me up. It's like, and you know, and they say, well, you know, God's fixing to bless you financially. I'm thinking right now, you know, and, and I think, well, that's just exactly what God's saying. But sometimes he's not saying that. I remember one time we were in Tulsa and the Lord spoke to me. I wasn't a prophet. I heard the Holy Ghost say, everything you've counted as a blessing in the past, double it. Boy, I tell you, you talk about a good word. I got so excited. I, and that was in like June, I think. And I thought, boy, by the weekend. But it took a couple of years. But I, in a, And you know, it happened so slow, I didn't really know it. But it was about two or three years later, I got to figuring up one day. And I thought, and, 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 um, and, I, and I realized that the house I'd been living in, when he said that, I was living in double. Exactly double. The car I was driving, I was, I was driving double. Hallelujah. And I started figuring up all the blessings that I had in my life. Only thing I could didn't have was double the kids. But now I do. It took a while. But now, you know, I only had two when he said it. Now I got four kids. 
Amen? Amen. So it took a little longer to get all the double, but I got it. Hallelujah. So, not word's going to fail. We may have the timeline mixed up a little bit. You know, uh, a lot of people preach, and I believe this, that a great, great big harvest is coming in before the rapture of the church. How many of you really like that and agree with it? Amen. I do too. But what if we're wrong? What if we got our timing off? And what if the great, great, great big harvest is after the rapture? What about those people that maybe it's those witnesses and, and we, what if, what if, because we hadn't had a great, great, great big harvest yet. And what if Jesus comes September 29th, Rosh Hashanah, and we're out of here. Yeah, me and Deborah, we're ready. Whew. For, some people say, well, y'all have escapist theology. I'm ready. You, I don't care what you accuse me of. I am ready. I've been seeing over into that realm, and it is so much better. Amen. Amen. And, uh, hallelujah. And praise God. But I, I don't really think that's it. I think God's going to have, I think there's going to be a great, great big harvest. I personally, though, don't really think it's going to be three or five years of just maximum glory and the church is, I don't think it'll be really a long time. I think it'll be a short while of really intense stuff. Now, that's just me. I can't prove all of that. But sometimes I'm just saying we get our timing off, but I'm just I just want to keep coming back to you that not one word of everything God has promised me and you and the corporate body of Christ is going to fail. It is so important that we keep on keeping on because it's not going to fail. Now, we could fail it. We could fail to overcome. We could grow weary in well-doing, and we could fail to reap because we fainted. Because we just said, Lord, this is just taking too long. This faith message just takes too long. I agree. I just totally agree. If I had designed this, it was like believe today and you receive tomorrow. But I don't think we would have probably grown real strong that way. Amen. Praise God. But you know a lot of people grow weary and they hadn't given God hardly any time. They, and you know Abraham gave God 25 years. I, you know what? I believe he'd have given him longer. If it had took longer. Amen. And you know, God's never waiting on, us, uh, waiting on him. We're not waiting on God anyway. He's waiting on us. We're getting all our ducks in a row. Amen. Okay, turn to Numbers 23, 19. It's not going to fail us, family. These words, these prophecies, they're not going to fail us. Even the harvest on our seed. God, uh, well, but I'm going to get ahead of myself. Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man. Did you know He's not a man? And the next part says that He should lie. Nearly all men will lie. In fact, everybody in this room has lied at some time or another. Even since you've been saved. Nobody's amen in that, but it's true anyway. But God is not a man that He should lie. Hallelujah. And he's not going to repent or take back anything that he said. Shall he not do it? Hath he not spoken? And shall he not make it good? God is not a man that he should lie. Praise God. He's going to make it all good. And he says, if you sow bountifully, you'll reap bountifully. Bless God. When you sow bountifully, when you sow bountifully, you are reaping bountifully. And you might as well just dig your heels in. You might as well just get happy. In fact, the sooner you get happy, the quicker you'll make it happen. One of the things that speeds up your harvest is getting happy. Hallelujah. Okay, Luke 9, 62. We're supposed to keep on reaching. Keep on pressing. Now, you know, some days I don't make a lot of headway. And sometimes, some days when I get to the end of the day, I kick myself. I go, oh, Debbie, you just didn't do... You know, you just, you just didn't get it off. You didn't hardly get, it, get the, your feet off the ground today. You didn't hardly make any headway. And you know what? I like to make progress. I like to press towards the mark. I like to press in prayer. If you're going to pray, you better press. And if you're not praying, you're not pressing. 
How do you think God's going to help your family and change your family and protect your kids? And, and, and how's God going to do it if you don't pray? He's not. He's not going to be able to. John, uh, who was it? Uh, Charles Finney. I think he's the one. says, it seems that God can do nothing in the earth unless someone prays. And he said, and then he followed this with that with, but I don't know why. But we know why. He didn't have the revelation why, but we know why. Why? Because God has given the authority in the earth to man. And that's why He can't do anything in the earth unless someone prays. When you want something done, you have to pray. You have to press. And not only do you have to pray, you have to pray right. And so I'm always on a quest, I don't know about you, is to, Lord, I want to pray more accurately. Oh, Holy Ghost, show me how to pray. Show me the words, the right words. Because there are words that will stop the devil in his tracks. And you know, not just any word will do. When the devil tempted Jesus, um, you know, and took him up to the mountain, Jesus uh, uh, resisted the devil and he resisted him with the word of God. But he didn't just pick any old scripture. The Holy Ghost showed him the exact scripture to resist the devil with. And did you know there are words that will open up places in the heavenlies? There are rooms in the spirit that we have not been in. And there are words that... Ha that, that and, and you know, not only do our words have to be right, but the anointing has to be right. Amen. So what? We're always pressing for these things. Hallelujah. And God doesn't download all of this stuff into us all at once. He downloads it little by little. Praise God. And the steps we take today are foundation for the ones we can take tomorrow. And if we don't take any steps today, the foundation won't be laid for tomorrow. The steps that I need to take and I want to take. And so we're always pressing. Ah, ha, ha. Praise God. This, that's good. I'm preaching real good, even if y'all don't know it. Hallelujah. You may know it, but if you don't, yeah, I still am. Luke 9, 62. And Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Remember Paul said that I forget those things that lie behind. You know, if we don't forget what's lying behind, we're looking back all the time. We're looking back. And he said, you know, the man that's looking back, he's not even fit for the kingdom. You got to be looking forward and pray. Why? Because, why did Jesus say that? Because when you're looking back, you cannot walk forward. You're going to fall. You might can take a step or two, but eventually you're going to fall if you're walking looking this way. And, when you, and you're also going to run over a lot of people and hurt a bunch of people. You've ever been run over by somebody in the store that was looking back? I have. Praise God. I'm not praising God for that, but Mark 10, 29. But it's true. So no man, having put his hand to the plow, we cannot stop. You know what? Sometimes I have had that thought. It's like, you know, I've been in a real trial of some kind. It's like, oh, what am I going to do? Oh. I have been in some really big trials before. And probably people have been in bigger ones. I know they have, but I've been in some big ones for me. And, you know, and they were, I was feeling overwhelmed. And, you know, it would just occur to me, well, what am I going to do? And then it would hit me. There ain't nothing you can do but just keep going. There is nothing you can do but just keep pressing forward. And do you know that is all you can do? Some of you have that question in your heart tonight when you came to church. What am I going to do about this or that? You're just going to keep pressing forward. And not only are you going to keep pressing forward, but you're just going to act like the Word is true. That's what Brother Hagin, you know, his, uh, his, when he was pastoring, back, back in the early days when he was pastoring in the Assembly of God churches, his board, the, the board of trustees, I think they call it in the assembly, and he, they would, uh, sometimes they'd have a financial problem or something in the church or something else, and they would say to him, oh, Brother Hagin, what are we going to do? He said, we're just going to act like the word's true. And you know what? That will get you further than just about anything. I'm just going to keep on going and I'm just going to act like the Word's true. And, and you know, and I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to fret. I'm not going to dread. Dread is just unbelief. I'm not going to worry. Worry is unbelief. 
I'm just going to actually act like I'm happy and act like I don't have any cares. You know, and sometimes we kind of feel like kind of guilty about that. Like, well, quit, isn't that kind of wrong? Because, you know, ooh, I got all these problems. Wouldn't that be kind of deceptive? No, no, I'm going to act like the Word's true and I'm just going to keep going. Why? You know, acting like the Word's true is not deception because guess what? The Word is true. And not one word of it has ever failed. And you know, it does no good to worry. Well, I'm just afraid they're going to foreclose on my house. Well, they might. But guess what? You will survive. And if you will just keep on going and keep your eyes on Jesus, eventually you'll have another house. And you'll have a better house. And you know, there's been a lot of people survive foreclosure. And a lot of times, while we're so fretting over foreclosure, instead of just trusting God and believing He's going to get us out of it, but for some reason, He doesn't get the money there and they do foreclose, you know what's really bugging us? It's our pride. It's our stinking pride. And that sometimes is why God doesn't come through, is because we're so full of pride. Not because He couldn't, not because He wouldn't, Amen? Okay, so we're going to act like the Word's true. Amen? Praise God. Uh, <clears throat> did we go to Mark 10? I didn't read that yet, did I? And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, there is no man, say no man, that hath left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospel's. But he shall receive an hundredfold now in this time houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the world to come eternal life. Boy, this is a big promise. But God is not a man that he should lie. And not one word of all that he has promised has failed. And so if anybody has ever left any of these things or sowed lands or sowed uh, uh I don't guess you could sow your children. I know some of you have wanted to before, but we don't receive it. Uh, hallelujah. But, you know, lands or houses, if you sowed things like that, there is no man that has done that, left it or sowed it, that shall not receive a hundredfold. Now, is a hundredfold a hundred times? Does that mean if you sowed a little Volkswagen, boy, I'm going to reap me a Rolls Royce or something bigger. No, uh, a hundredfold hundred, hundred, uh, means optimum yield or the best that you can receive on it. Amen? Okay, so God's good for this stuff. You might as well just get encouraged. Amen. Hebrews 6.12. Thank you, Lord. God's just working with what we give Him to work with. And if you didn't get what you think you should have harvested, then maybe you didn't give Him all that He had to have in order to work with it. And I'm not just talking about the seed wasn't big enough, although sometimes that's true. Like Pastor said, all of us want the max for the minimum, but that's not what the Word says. The Word doesn't say we get the max for the minimum. The Word says, He that soweth bountifully reapeth bountifully. The Word says if we want to sow, if we want to reap bountifully, we have to sow bountifully. And He says, though, if we sow sparingly, we'll still reap, but we're just not going to get as much. And some of us are trying to reap a Mercedes sowing a dollar. And that's not how it works. Amen. You'd have to sow a dollar a lot of times, hallelujah. And uh, no, no, that, that's, not how, that's not how God's kingdom works. So we have to increase to inherit. But also, not only is our what we sow, but it's how we sow it. All of those things. God's working things out of our soul, and He's working things into our soul. There are things that we needed to be imparted to tonight. You know, seed just doesn't bear as good a harvest when you got weariness all around it. And so tonight you were imparted some strength. I know that's true because we're going to look at a scripture here in a minute and I'll prove it, but I'm getting ahead of myself. So I, are we at Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12? That ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So it's not just faith that causes us to get the promises, but it's also patience. Hallelujah. That means we're patiently waiting in faith. 
Amen. Not giving up all those things. You know, now here's the scripture I was talking about. Hebrews 11, 11. Actually, this is one of my very, very favorite scriptures. Hallelujah. So, you know, I was talking about how seed... Uh, seed is not going to bear a very good harvest if it's cloaked with weariness. And we know it doesn't bear a good... We can sow a lot of seed and if we've got unbelief all around us and what we're talking is unbelief, it's not going to bear a very good harvest, is it? No, it, it requires strength for seed to come up. It requires strength for seed to bear fruit. That's what Hebrews 11 says. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed. She had to receive strength to conceive the seed in the faith realm. And then she, because her body was so old, then she had to receive the physical strength. But she could only receive the physical strength with her faith. So she had to receive the strength. You know, she wasn't really... Her, her, Abraham's faith was way out ahead of Sarah's. We know that because his body was old. The Bible says it was as good as dead. In other words, nothing was working right reproductively. It had already retired reproductively. But he got in faith, and, and, and what was it, 12 years before he got Isaac from Sarah, he, his reproduction system with, by his faith had already come to life, and he had already conceived with, with Sarah's maid. See, he got everything working with his faith a lot quicker than Sarah did. And she is probably thinking, yeah, but I was the one that's going to have to be pregnant at, one, at 99 years old or so. That's probably what took her so long. She probably like, I just, I just don't want to go there, God. I just don't want to go there. <laughs> I am just too old. But no, she, so she had to receive strength to conceive seed so that she could receive physical strength so her body could conceive seed. Her physical body could conceive seed. Amen and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. We've been talking about that all evening. That's what you've got to do tonight. To, in order not to grow weary in well-doing, you've got to judge him faithful who has promised. Like Smith Wigglesworth said, I'd rather die believing God than to be in unbelief or not believe in Him. And did you know that some of us will die or go in the rapture believing God? Because we'll be believing for something the day before the rapture. And the Bible's full in, Mark, in, in Mark, I mean Hebrews 11 there it says, These having died not received the promise. There was a whole bunch of Old Testament people that saw a promise. What was the promise that they saw that they didn't receive? They saw that Messiah. They saw it, that promise and they died not having received the promise. Because God was waiting for the right time. Hallelujah. Praise God. But don't worry. Don't think a thing about it. Because in, in heaven, God's going to take care of a lot of the reward. If our timing is off, we'll get what we didn't get here. We'll get it in heaven. And we'll get it in the millennial reign. But the reward, you're not going to go unrewarded. Oh, praise God. You're really going to like heaven. You're really going to like your house in heaven. Your mansion or house or whatever. Praise God. <laughs> And you're gonna like what you're gonna like the millennial reign of Christ. Praise God. John eleven forty. So we're judging him faithful who promised. And we just get too bogged down and too concerned about this old natural world. You know, really just um, you know, we worry a lot about things we can't do anything about. Not one thing can we do about it. All my debts. Well, you can't do anything about it. All you can do is believe God. And if you're believing God, you're not unhappy. You're not fretting. You're not worrying. You're not wringing your hands. You're not putting pressure on your husband. You're not, uh, you're not just, and you're not, you're not uptight about it. You're just, you're just, you're kind of, the world would say, well, you need to take responsibility. You're just not being responsible enough because you're just so happy and lighthearted and you'd think you didn't have a debt. You'd think you didn't have a care in the world. That's how we're supposed to be. Because believing is not supposed to be hard. Believing is supposed to be easy. Amen. Hebrews 11, I'm preaching to myself too. John 11, 40. Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? He's not a man that he should lie. 
God is not a man that he should lie. Not one word of all his promises is ever failed. And he says there, if you believe, you get to see the glory of God. You will see, if you believe, you will see God do something in your situation. He may not do it just as like exactly like you'd like him to do it. You know, when I believe for something, I won't, like if I believe for finances, I want somebody to drive up in a car with a cashier's check. Isn't that how y'all want it? I don't even want a check, folks. I want a cashier's check. I mean, we might as well believe for the highest and best, hadn't we? And I want the full amount. You know, I don't want to believe for $500 and somebody walk up with 200 But we shouldn't be like that. Because God is doing, you know, He always does His best. He always does His best. And He's always going to work it out some way or another. Hallelujah. What's that song? One way or another. I'm going to get you, get you, get you, get you. <laughs> I really like that song. <laughs> huh? Oh, I can. Hallelujah. John 13, 17. Yeah, yeah, I'll sing that. Pastor can moonwalk at the same time. Hallelujah. And then we'll play the video. I have this video at home. I'm going to bring it sometime. And it's and Colin's in the pool and, and he... And I, my camera, I didn't know I got a new camera and it would do a little video thing. Oh, y'all, I'm going to hold that over his head. Woo. John 13, 17. If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. We talked about this, I think, in Bible college, but y'all, a lot of you weren't here. So if you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. You know, we're not going to be happy unless we're doers of the Word. You see somebody unhappy, they're not doing the Word. Amen. We'll be happy if we do the Word. And then uh, turn to Hebrews 2.1. And this, we're going to end with this. I'm winding down. You're receiving an impartation tonight of strength. You may not feel anything right away, but hallelujah, you may not even know it except this side of heaven. And the Lord may say, do you know the reason you made it is because you were there that night and I put strength in you and you didn't faint? Hallelujah. Hebrews 2.1 for if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? So I want you to look at that where it says, uh, am I in the right place? Hebrews 2.1. No, I'm, I was reading too. Therefore, I... Let me start over. Hebrews 2, 1. Therefore, we ought to give the most more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. We can't let the things we've heard slip. Look at this. In, the, in my margin of my Bible, it says that, that that phrase, let them slip, means run out as leaking vessels. We can't let it run out. We can't let it slip. We got to keep reminding ourselves of these truths. We got to keep reminding ourselves of the word, reminding ourselves that he is faithful. Yes. Amen. Underline these scriptures in your Bible, especially that 1 Kings 8, 56. Not one word, not one word has failed of all the good promises. Hallelujah. It's not going to fail you. It's not going to fail me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, let's stand up together tonight. Praise God. So, what are you pressing towards? Do you have that invisible in the natural, but visible in the spiritual? Do you have that goal line? Do you see it? And you may not even really know everything in your life that you're supposed to do, but you just keep pressing forward. You know there's a goal line, and you so you just keep pressing forward. You go further in prayer. You press a little in the Spirit. Like uh, Lynn Hammond says, when you're praying in tongues, and you think you've, and you think you've yielded, you, you think you've yielded your whole spirit, then yield a little more. <laughs> you know, press a little further. Go a little further. You know, when you when you got tongues and you're and you're speaking in tongues and you're saying these words, and most of us have words that we say a lot in our tongues, but press and say some different ones. You can do that. I know because I do it all the time. And it sounds weird. Yeah, that sounds weird. But 
You know, but, I, but the more I press, the less weird it sounds. Amen? Amen. And, you know, just, just pressing. Uh, uh, sometimes that, you know, uh, I'll be like praying and I'll get a little tired. And I'll think, well, I'm ready to go do the laundry or something. But I'll think, no, I'm going to stay here just a minute longer. That's pressing. That's going a little further and pressing towards the mark. Hallelujah. And sometimes when I just cannot get myself going in prayer, I know that all of y'all just slip right into the Spirit just easy as pie, but I will say, no, Debbie, you can do anything for 15 minutes, and I'll set my timer. And, you know, I'll start praying, and I'll say, I'm not getting up out of this chair and quitting praying until that timer goes off. But by the time that thing goes off, I've usually hit a, like uh, Brother Hagin used to say, I've usually hit a gusher. I've hit a place in the Spirit where I can go further and I can go longer and now I'm enjoying it. Because you got to get past your flesh a lot of times. Right. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Thank Praise you, Jesus. God. Thank and so some of, for some of you, to go further would be to just come and pray on Wednesday night. You know, be a little uncomfortable. You, if you are going to press, there are going to be little times where you're not really exactly comfortable. Do you think that I am comfortable up here on Wednesday night with a microphone leading in prayer? No. That is not in my comfort zone. But, and, 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 you know, we're working out some of the techno. I know Pastor said last week that I was too loud in the microphone. So I said, well, I can't fix that. Tell him. The and so Barry, he got me down this week and I was, it seemed a lot better. And so um, we're working it out. But that's part, we can, we can, we can go for it. You're going to have to press. You're going to have to do some things you're not comfortable with. I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Thank Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm going to have, there's other realms that we have to go to. There's greater glories that we have to go to. And they're open right now. Right now they're open. And you know what? This is what makes me want to go. There are Christians that are already going in those places. And I don't want to be those ones that's like, well, you know, if you don't, if we don't watch out and if we don't go in 10 more years, we'll be just another, we'll be Baptist. I mean, or like that. Yeah, we'll have the baptism of the Holy Ghost and we'll speak in tongues, but we'll, be, we'll have gone no further with what we have. So we have to press on. And it's not comfortable. And we may mess up. We may press into an area and say, Woo, I ain't going there no more. <laughs> Hallelujah. Brother Hagin used to say, sometimes he'd get out so far in the Spirit, he'd get scared and jump back. Now, if you aren't going out so far in your prayer life that you're getting scared, you can go further. Amen? And I tell you, here lately I've been pressing into some places that I've been getting kind of scared. And I told the Lord, I said, now, whoa, you've got to help me and Holy Ghost. You know, I don't want to go in anywhere that we're not supposed to be, you know. But I'm determined to press. You know, we can't just sing all about it and talk all about it and even pray all about it. We gotta, we gotta, we got to press in. And do I know how? No. That's what's so frustrating. I don't know how to get in the Spirit. I listen to Lynn Hammond, her teach on prayer, and I go, I, she, how does she get in the Spirit that fast? I don't know how. And here I am with my little timer, <laughs> and she just bops in there. Practice. Practice. And you know, sometimes I kind of complain because she had some mentors. And I say, Lord, you've got to help me because she had mentors and I've not had very many mentors in prayer. And you, and, but I tell you, there's some mentors in this place, if that's the way you say it. Not mentos, mentors. Hallelujah. There's some mentors in this place that can, that can help you get a little further down the road in prayer. And I'm believing for God to bring people in to teach on prayer. I don't know who those are. Only the Holy Ghost knows. But you know, David Ellis came and did. A, he helped us get a little ways. and or it, or it helped me a lot. Hallelujah. <clears throat> so are we going to press? Let's bow our heads. Lord, oh, we just ask you for the help of the Holy Ghost.